This is The Feed, York Region's only news magazine dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to The Feed, York Region's longest-running radio news magazine. We kick off the 2024 edition of the show with On the Move with Red January, fitness trends and getting back to routine. But first, your money matters. According to a recent Ipsos poll, more Canadians than ever are ringing in the new year with money resolutions like cutting back on spending and making other behavioral changes. Nearly 70% are worried that they cannot handle unexpected costs worth $1,000 or more, and 53% admit they might not have enough money to put food on the table. Add to that the fact that holiday spending bills are starting to roll in, and you've got one heck of a frightening financial future. Here to help get back on track and deal with our debt disasters is Lori Campbell, spokesperson, financial expert, Doyle Saluski. Welcome back to the show. I know that you're going to give us great information, but it's tough times for a whole lot of Canadians right now. It certainly is, and I mean, we've seen up to Christmas, you know, going into the holidays, that people were already struggling. I mean, at Doyle Saluski, I don't think we've ever been busier than we were last year. And the problem, of course, is multifold. We're going into the holidays, also a very stressful time for many people when it comes to their pocketbooks. Uh, the interest uh, increases over the last year, plus inflation, and so many Canadians are struggling. People are not alone. And they are really feeling the pinch. The bills are starting to roll in. And, and everybody, I think, felt really the pressure to holiday spend on top of everything else that's going on. Now they kind of have to pay the piper. Exactly. I mean, we, let's face it, people's credit cards or statements are going to be coming in soon. Um, you know, the cost of groceries, the holiday spending, even over, even before the holidays, I was hearing from people saying that they didn't know how they're going to manage through this. So a lot of people are experiencing this extra pressure this year, and we really need to look at some solid tips as to how they can manage through this and try to divert that stress which comes along with financial difficulties. And should there been have been preventative measures during the holiday season? Should people have said, well, I just can't spend and I'm just not going to? Or does that take away the joy of, of giving in the holiday season? Well, we know that we, we heard through a, a number of polls that people were cutting back uh, throughout the holidays this year. Spending was down and uh, retailers were filling that pinch. However, regardless of that, I still think that people did feel that pressure and even small uh, token gifts and, you know, putting food on the table has put a lot of pressure on your everyday Canadian. So now we have this to deal with, the bills from the holiday spending, uh, from the time of joy and giving, but we also have future issues when it comes to our finances. So what's the first step? What do we do well, number one is sit down with your partner, your spouse, your family, whoever's in the household to talk about, you know, where you're at this year. A lot of people are not in alignment of how their finances are unfolding. For example, a couple may be in disarray because one doesn't realize what's going on with the budget or uh, the debt that's going on. So that's number one. Sit down, have a discussion. Number two, look at who you owe Pay back those high interest debts first whilst always maintaining minimum payments on the other. Hmm. Um, involve your children so they understand that, you know, you need to cut back. You can't have um, them running out uh, asking for this and that when there, there's nothing in the budget. And, you know, keep track of all your expenses, of course, Anne. Interesting and tough work. And the word budget, I mean, a lot of people go, ah, budget, ugh. But, but really what has to happen, I believe, as you've just said, is debt has to be dealt with first, then we get on track for, for the future. Is that correct? Exactly. And, you know, budget is, it does feel like a four-letter word, let's face it. <laughs> so call it a spending plan. Call it something like, okay, that means I can spend money. Uh, so work out a spending plan and, and figure out how you're going to manage through this. And, you know, be realistic. So, you know, it doesn't mean like a diet, you cut everything out except lettuce. Uh, you can't cut everything out of your budget and expect to be able to manage that for a long period of time. So be realistic. Give yourself some allowance for some fun. What does debt really mean? What is the definition of debt? Well, debt is really just owing money out in any form. It could be to a friend, a family member, it could be to a bank, it could be to, um, you know, a credit card, whatever the case is, that is debt. You're indebted financially uh, for monies that you borrowed. So, you know, it, it comes, it, that is a four-letter word, and, and for a good reason, it comes with stress. 
and trying to figure out ways to repay. And it, it, it comes with obligation as well. While you're trying to figure out ways to repay, should you also be charting a new course for yourself, maybe employment-wise, adding a second job, looking for ways to to increase whatever income you've got going right now? Yeah, so while you're trying to curb your expenses, maybe selling that second car or taking public transit to work or you know, renting out part of your, your place, also look at ways you can increase your income. There's so many, you know, it's a gig economy. There's so many jobs you can get through Uber Eats or Uber Drive or, you know, just even something at night. Whatever it takes, you know, sometimes you do need to bite that bullet and take on that extra job just to, while you're trying to clear this debt. And once you clear it, by all means, try to stay out of it by getting rid of all credit except for one credit card. Why do you say just one credit card? Well, you know, it's so easy and tempting. We've all been there. Uh, when you have more than one credit card, well, I'll use this one today. I'll use the other one tomorrow. And then suddenly it becomes unmanageable. Oh, I'll get a third card because, you know, the other two were maxed out. And then third card gets maxed out. And then you're like, well, I've been offered a fourth card. So it's so tempting. And it's also so easy to, um, you know, be in that period of disillusionment where you think, oh, I have this extra money. But it's not extra money. It's money that you've borrowed. I find it interesting that you do, though, encourage people to have one credit card. Are there there other reasons that it's important to have a credit card? You know, I I always think of the three reasons. I mean, now there's debit credit, so that does help. But three reasons, one being safety. You get, you know, you're on the side of a road. You need to get a, a, you know, something wrong with your car. You need to get some help. That could be number one. Security. It's nice to not carry around a huge load of money in your wallet, hmm. um, you know, for obvious reasons. And the third one is convenience. You know, you don't want to necessarily carry around a huge load of money in your wallet. So those are the three major reasons. It also will help build your credit score. So in the future, if you want to buy a car or you want to buy a house, it'll show a good track record and a good history of payment by having that one credit card. Any warning signs that you need to explain when it comes to having a credit card? Just, just to be on the flip side of things. Absolutely. You should really understand the product that you're getting. Does it have any monthly fees? Does it have an annual fee? What is the interest rate? What happens if you don't pay? Um, obviously, those are, are big warning signs. Are you using for everyday purchases? Huge warning sign. Are you borrowing from one credit card to pay another? Another big warning sign. Any type of stress or, or discomfort you feel because of your financial situation is a huge red flag. Are there other ways to build your wealth a little bit, or at least to keep yourself going? So I'm thinking of of uh, points that you may accumulate on your credit card, for instance, or or if you shop at a particular spot, you get points toward uh, either money or or redeem it for food or whatever. Are, is that something that should be part of the conversation? Always, you know, a lot of people are very addicted to these points, and you know, I I find it interesting. We see this also at Doyle Saluski where. The individual made thirty, forty thousand dollars in credit card debt, but they're afraid to give up that one credit card because they have points. They haven't redeemed on it. It's not worth it when you have thirty to forty thousand dollars in debt. Even when you're carrying debt over from month to month, those points become null and void. They really are not doing you any benefit. Also, comparison shop. Are you actually using points at a higher end, more expensive store, or using that credit at a higher end, more expensive store because you get points rather than something that's going to be much less expensive? So, you know, that also negates the points. So be very vigilant as to why you have that credit card, what it's really costing you, and whether you get the value from it. And what about couponing? I know that it's now, it's, it's, it's digital, but, you know, the gone are the days where people probably snip things from newspapers, but maybe that still happens. But is couponing something that is encouraged? Well, of course. You know what? You're, it's funny that you bring that up because it just kind of feels like a, a days gone by thing, <laughs> but it is digital now, and there can be great opportunities through couponing or looking at discounts on certain days, um, certain products. Always look through uh, your digital coupons, your digital uh, map to find out where you can get the best deal. How do you know when it's time to seek professional help? Well, Anne, I, I truly believe it's time to seek professional help when you feel like your stress can't, you can't handle the stress anymore. Your finances are taking over your life. You can't sleep at night. You feel worried that you're going to get a collection call. You're not focused at work. You may be fighting with your partner or spouse more often because of your financial situation. It doesn't hurt to get professional advice.
What about liquidating? You know, if you look around at your assets, is that is this the time in order to try to bring that debt down a little bit? Well, you know, it also depends on what those assets are. If it's a car, yes. You know, if you can get rid of the insurance, the maintenance, and, and also the car payment, and you can liquidate that asset, you might find yourself in a much better situation. If you're looking at your home, selling it, who knows whether the time is right right now. I know in certain areas of the country, it's the, the market's been held strong. But in other areas, it's, it's very much weakened. So you really need to look at the situation. Do you have enough equity in that home where if you liquidate, you can pay off your debt and get and move on with your life? Or you're going to find yourself even in a worse situation where you actually owe more on the home than, it's, than the value of the home is. You have mentioned several times the, the feeling of, of frustration and stress that comes with debt loads. But what about the feeling of, of failure? And I, I know that, I mean, I know that from my own experience. You feel that you're a failure if, if you've got money problems and financial issues. Oh, you know, and it's so true. And, I, and, it, and it's so sad that our society kind of has worked that way. You know, people uh, look up to those with money and, and they frown on those people that are struggling. But I can tell you from the individuals that I, I talk to and people that I see through the insolvency process, through Doyle Seleucic, and I can tell you one thing, very, very uh, important, and that's that a lot of people say they wish they'd resolved their financial issues sooner. That is really what a bankruptcy or consumer proposal is all about. It's getting back on your feet. It's giving you a second chance. That is what it's meant to do so you can start over, start anew, start fresh, and rebuild yourself. It's not a failure um, to go through this situation. So many Canadians are struggling right now, and, and that's the one thing. My biggest message is that you're not alone. There are a lot of people in the same situation. You have been helping Canadians for decades deal with debt. Why do you do it? You know, I think because my feeling is is that people who are struggling with debt are struggling in so many different areas of their life, and it's just so overwhelming. It causes angst in in every part of their life. And to be able to give that relief and give that opportunity for regrowth and opportunity to start over and have a a financially, you know, uh, fiscal, or I'm just going to say financially um, happy, positive, future is something that I see in the long run with these individuals, and it makes me feel like that's success. Wow. Thanks for your help, Lori Campbell, spokesperson, financial expert, Doyle Saluski. Really great to have you on the show, and uh, here's to a, a really good 2024 for everyone. My thoughts exactly, and thanks so much for having me. According to another recent poll, Canadians are truly determined to make debt a priority. With the details, here's Tina Cortez. According to CIBC's annual financial priorities poll, paying down debt is a top priority for Canadians. With additional details, we're joined by Jamie Gollenbeck, Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning at CIBC. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks for having me. So, along with paying down debt, what else was high on this list? Well, that's the number one, but pretty much tied for that, of course, is uh, saving as much as possible. So 13% of uh, survey respondents said that they would like to save as much money as possible uh, during the year after paying their expenses. So that's obviously uh, right up there with, with paying down debt. And how do you manage savings with inflation the way it is these days? Well, that's really important. And I think that uh, the key to doing this properly, as we say every year, is to have a financial plan, to have a budget. And you really have to make savings part of your budget. I think it should be a line item. So when you look at your uh, budget for the upcoming year, you really want to look at all your expenses, all your income, you know, what you can predict, what's the normal expenses that come up every month or every quarter, uh, and then really look at the net amount and then try to budget a certain amount for savings. And I think only when you set up that plan and sometimes you may need people to help you with that, financial advisor, uh, and then that's the only way that we can really be successful in the long term. Now, also included in this poll, Canadians think we are either heading into a recession or already in one. Do you think they feel financially prepared? And and if so, is there a sense of optimism as well? Yeah, so so people do uh, are worried. They're definitely mm-hmm. worried about a um, about a recession, and they're they're certainly worried a little bit about um, um, obviously higher interest rates and, and inflation are the two big uh, you know concerns of Canadians. 
Um, and, and, and in fact, 70% of Canadians that we polled said that the uncertainty of this current environment makes it very difficult to plan. That being said, uh, people are still confident that they have the ability to uh, proceed, but they're not meeting with financial advisors, and that's really somewhat surprising. And we really think that if people do sit down with an advisor, uh, they can really put together a plan and, and really be able to weigh through any challenges, at least in the short term, for impact of both inflation and rising interest rates. I'd like to circle back to the financial advisor aspect in a moment, but what are the findings in terms of job security? What are Canadians feeling? Yeah, look, some some Canadians are concerned, right, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, losing their job. It's not a high concern uh, for some people. I think it's important to have uh, a backup plan, you know, things like having a uh, you know, a financial emergency account, you know, depending on who you speak to, there's different amounts of savings that people say that one should have for that. Um, but people are worried. And uh, to some extent, um, I think the number in our poll was 42% are concerned, given the present economic environment about their own job security. And that's why I think if you do have a plan, you have an emergency savings account, whether it's two or three months worth of wages, uh, people might feel more secure about the future knowing that there is a backup there should they lose their job. So let's talk now about the financial advisor. What is this person's role? How are they involved in the day-to-day operation of someone's household? Yeah, well, financial advisor means different types of things depending on the type of advisor. Obviously, CIBC is a, is a bank and we offer financial advice through many of our um, uh, banking centers. And the idea of a financial advisor is to sort of sit down with you, look at your goals and priorities, whether it's saving for child education, whether it's saving for your first home, maybe it's saving for, uh, you know, a renovation, uh, saving for retirement, of course, is a big one. Then to work with you, uh, sort of look at your budget, look at the income that's coming in, look at your regular expenses, and really work with you to put together a plan uh, for savings and ultimately for investing and to try to figure out, based on the goals, how much you'll need, what's the timeline that you need, and then how you're going to get there. And that financial advisor is there to guide you the entire way along. Will the advisor also help in terms of preparing for unexpected financial hardships? Absolutely. So many advisors would sit down with you, and if that's something that you're concerned about, they might recommend that you set aside a certain amount of money, perhaps in something like a tax-free savings account, money that can be tapped into tax-free at any time in the future should you have uh, a job loss or a need for an immediate amount of cash flow. The nice thing about something like a tax-free savings account is that if you take the money out, it comes out tax-free, but you do have the opportunity to recontribute it beginning the following calendar year should things turn around and you have some additional savings. So. Uh, you know, it's something that's very flexible, and we often work with our clients to try to figure out the best way to make sure that they are prepared uh, in case of uncertainty. In terms of the nuts and bolts, when does the relationship with a financial advisor begin? How often do you meet with the advisor? And is there a fee associated with this service? Well, again, it can begin at any time in, in the life cycle. So, you know, generally speaking, when people get their first job uh, after they've graduated or they finish some type of schooling, um, typically, they would meet with a financial advisor and look at the income that's coming in, look at the expenses. Some people wait until they get married or start living common law. Others don't meet with an advisor until they have their first child and they realize, oh my, we have all these expenses. Uh, we need to do something about it. We need to save for our future, the child's future, their education, and for our retirement. So the financial advisor generally would meet with the client at least once a year, if not more often. It's really up to the client to decide how often they want to meet. We have some clients that want to meet every quarter uh, to review their situation, but probably at least once, maybe twice a year, it's worth a check-in. And ultimately, uh, certainly on on many of our advisors through CIBC and the banking centers, there is no fee uh, associated with meeting with a financial advisor. It's completely a no-fee discussion. Obviously, if they recommend certain products, the bank would make a fee on those particular products. But again, the actual discussion, the advice, uh, there's certainly no charge for that. It's all part of the value offering an advisor would bring to the table. Of course, there's different types of advisors. I'm speaking here, of course, of what what the banks offer in terms of uh, advice. But obviously, there are different types of models in Canada. One could go to a 
fee for service and pay, you know, a certain amount of money to get a financial plan done up and then have to pay every year uh, for an annual review. Uh, but at CIBC, just like at all the other major banks, you could go in and get a complete, uh, you know, personalized advice at no cost to you whatsoever. Jamie, as we begin this new calendar year, do you have one piece of financial advice as we head into 2024? What would you say to our listeners right now? I think the most important thing is to really have a budget, have a budget for 2024. Uh, Look at your income coming in, look at your anticipated expenses, especially if there's anything unusual, you have to repair a roof, you have to buy a new car, uh, you know, things like that. If you're having, let's say, a child, you know, what are your anticipated expenses? And then sit down with a financial advisor and have a discussion. What are your priorities? What are your goals and savings? When you do this at the beginning of the year, this really can set up a full year of success, and not just this year, but for many years going forward. So there's really nothing to be worried about, but uh, there are things that you can do. There are steps that one can take uh, to get your financial house in order for 2024 and beyond. That's great. If listeners want more information, where can they connect with you? Well, first of all, of course, uh, anyone can certainly walk into any of our CIBC banking centers right across uh, right across the country, to be honest, and uh, and ask to speak to a financial advisor. They want to reach out to me directly, and they want the name of a, you know a great advisor in their neighborhood. They certainly can reach me. I have my own website, it's just jamiegollenbeck.com, and uh, and I'll connect them with uh, with a great advisor. Jamie Gollenbeck, Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning, CIBC. Thank you so much for joining us on the feed. My pleasure. After the break, kickstart your fitness routine and find the motivation to move. That's next on the feed. Do you have a story idea for the feed? Call us at 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer and more of the feed coming up. This is 1059 The Region. Welcome back. Red January is an incredibly successful public health movement, movement being the operative word, that started in the UK and has made its way to Canada. Here's what it's about. Red January promotes active living and human connection to boost physical, social and mental well-being during the dark and dreary winter months. Canada's director, Red January, Janet Olmsted, thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks, Anne. It's great to be here and uh, being on your show is so fantastic. What a way to start my new year. What a great thing to say. So let's discuss Red January. What does it mean? What does it stand for? What is it? Well, great questions. Red January, Red stands for Rise Every Day. And it's a nationwide movement to empower you to move your way every day together. I'll get to that. Through the month of January for your mental, physical, and social well-being. It uh, is uh, the most positive catalyst for change you can make rather than, you know, this is not New Year's resolutions. This is real habit change to set you up for success um, through January and beyond. It's free to join. It's for all ages and abilities. And it is really a catalyst and excuse for you to move your way with a friend or a coworker or a family member or someone at your school, however you like to move. And be um, part of a community that's doing positive things for their health and starting a new year right. And why January? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> January January is a really cold and dark month. It uh, has a lot of post-holiday baggage that comes along with January for people. And, you know, as a behavior change health coach, I, I know and, and through a movement like this, the most powerful thing we can do is actually find something we like and show up every day in a way that makes sense to us. That um, really, you know, movement is such a powerful habit to embrace. And with 64% of Canadians being inactive in winter months and 50% of Canadians feeling lonely, Red January is the perfect excuse to do something positive for your health and start your year right. And we talk about the connection between mind and body. And so if you're moving your body, what impact will that have on your mind, your emotional well-being, your, your, your just, you know, sort of the everything that comes from the brain? 
<laughs> That's a great question. Well, when you start moving your body more regularly and consistently, you'll start to feel happier, younger. You'll keep your memory sharp. You'll improve your sleep. That's kind of big. <laughs> Strengthen your heart muscles, obviously, and your, and your really preserve your mobility, which is really a key factor as we all move forward through life. Um, and not to mention, you know, help reduce the consequences of um, non-communicable diseases because six out of the top ten non-communicable diseases are, in fact, related to inactivity. So just by moving more, all of these positive things can start happening in your mind and your body. So the days are short and, and there's not a lot of light and it's really cold. It's been mild, but now we're back to kind of chillier weather. So will people be inspired to, to move outside or, or do you just say to them, move wherever you can? Inside, outside, doesn't matter. Exactly. And the best place to start is with something that you like. Ah. So, you know, um, this is not one of those 30 days of cutting out this and um, um, making things hard on yourself. This is something to tap into what you like to do and move your way. So maybe you like to go to the mall in the winter and walk around and window shop. That that counts, right? (laughs) Um, Maybe you like to do yoga. Maybe you like to do something, you know, you, you can choose your way. I actually was asked, you know, what's today's activity? And actually, this is where... I love this so much because it's giving you the opportunity to find what you like. And when you find what you like, you're more likely to keep showing up. And so it can, like, there's a world of possibilities. Uh, What do you like to do? How do you like to move? You're asking me? Yeah. I Well, I was a fitness instructor for 35 years. So I have found my way of sort of keeping myself motivated. and, And I'm... I, I love to cycle, and I cycle hard, and I take the stairs rather than elevators, and so I'm, I'm constantly constantly a whirling dervish. Janet, statistics, you just mentioned that 64% of us are inactive in winter months. What about this stat? 50% of Canadians feel lonely on a regular basis, and particularly at this time of year. That's a great question. Well, we've actually partnered uh, in our uh, initiative here with the Genwell Project, which is Canada's Human Connection um, Charity. And what their whole platform is, social, beating, beating social isolation. So when you move, A, you're, on, like you're out there moving, that's amazing for your health. But when you layer in connecting socially when you're moving, it's just like the icing on the cake for so many more health benefits. Because let's face it, you know, sometimes... Uh, we could all use a helping hand, even someone showing up at your door to um, go for a walk with your neighbor or something. It can be that simple, but it really helps with the whole loneliness um, epidemic. You know, let's do something. This is so positive and so easy to implement. It just, all it takes is you taking action. And the benefits. And if you need ideas, there's tons on our website. When you go to join.redjanuary.com, when you, uh, join as an individual or a team because this is for everybody. Um, there's tons of ideas on there, and you'll you'd be amazed at how people are connecting and how they are moving their own way. Let's talk about its history. It began in the UK. Uh, you mentioned eight years ago. So, what's been the result over eight years? Why is it so successful? I think it's so successful because it's so such a simple concept, and there's not much else out there like that, as I was referring to earlier, you know, some of the challenges that are out there for people um, are committing to something that might over time become too difficult. This is pretty simple to implement. And uh, over the eight years, they've helped raise over 3.2 million pounds, so about 5 million Canadian dollars for um, mental health uh, and well-being initiatives in the UK. And over, you know, they have over half a million people now participating every January. People look forward to this movement because it's fun. And <laughs> who doesn't want to have fun? Absolutely. Um, we, all, we all deserve good health. And what a better way to make it achievable, sustainable, and fun. Mm-hmm. Why did it take so long to come to Canada? Huh, that's a really good question. Um, I, that, I, I, oh gosh, that stumps me a little bit. Okay. I would have to say it was timing. 
You know, I think after the pandemic, the timing was right for something like this. And I actually approached the founder, Hannah Beecham, at the uh, last year, and then finally had a conversation this year, um, because obviously the pandemic put the reality of social isolation and inactivity into our conversation. And when I looked at this, uh, movement in the UK, I asked the same question. What took it so long? Why isn't it here? So um, then I thought, well, as a behavior change coach, this fits so well with how I help people. And when we started having conversations, we really realized that, you know, this is a behavior change. And even what I wrote my own book about, the playbook, which is the actually reframing exercise as play, that it can be that simple and it needs to be offered to Canadians. In fact, it needs to be global. So we're kind of, we are the first market outside of the UK to bring it to Canadians. And I, I am so excited to see where this will go and how people are going to move their way. It's really, the possibilities are endless and it's really exciting to be part of this. You know, it's interesting at this time of the year, people have made resolutions and so many of them say, people say, I want to get fit. I want to get back into the gym. I want to get back in shape. This seems like a gentler way of, of getting the body moving. Yeah, because it, it really is. Sometimes resolutions, I'm not saying resolutions don't work because for some people they do, but that's for the very, very, very small few. What happens often is you may not set your environment up to support whatever change you want to make. You may not have the um, support in your own, you know, environment that, or your friends and family, they, they might think, oh my gosh, you're crazy. But this <laughs> is not that hard. And when we break something down to make it very, very simple, move every day a little bit your way and keep track and be part of something bigger than yourself when you can, you know, you can fundraise for the general project. You don't have to, but it's part of, this initiative in the together piece. Um, yeah, it's a more than, you know, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is sustainable behavior change over time. So I could walk the dog and consider that being part of Red January. I could, I could uh, take the stairs like I like to do and consider that being part of Red January. Is that right? I mean, it's really straightforward. It's what you like to do. You just find the motivation to do it and be a part of Red January. Yeah, that's as simple as that. Sign up at join.redjanuary.com. Join uh, as a team or an individual and start today. It's not too late. You know, um, we're barely, uh, you know, a a week into the new year. (laughs) And um, we're just waiting for you. Come join us. It's like, it'll, it will change. I really believe this will fundamentally change not only the inactivity problem we have in our country, with, you know, 64% being less active in the winter, but connecting and moving and doing something positive for your health. I I don't know why people wouldn't join. And can it extend beyond January, at least psychologically? Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, when you set, uh, when you consistently um, show up in a way that works for you over time, you are putting into place sustainable behavior change. And, you know, once you start moving, um, it's a positive catalyst for change. So you uh, may feel good enough to add on something like nutritionally try something simple for yourself or you are going to start sleeping better, which is a problem for a lot of people. So because you're, you're using positive energy, you get to you know, sleep, you might sleep better. You will connect better with your friends and family. You will just be, you'll show up better as a better version of yourself. And that is long-term past January when you keep moving your way. And it's such a positive movement. So RED is an acronym for Rise Every Day. What does Rise Every Day mean to you personally, Janet? It means so much. That's a good question. I think the thing it means to me is it really fits how I want to help people showing people how easy it is. It doesn't have to be hard or, you know, some people don't exercise because it's, there, there's so many reasons, but people don't want to move their body because they might not be comfortable. It might make them, um, yeah, uncomfortable. It might make them 
scared or fear that they're going to hurt themselves. But this, when you move gently and you move um, sustainably and easily, you can build on that. And that's why it means so much to me. It means people can make long-lasting changes to their health and age well. And it's free. We love that four-letter word. So I've got my red rudders on. I'm going to say goodbye to you, and I'm going to head outside for a brisk walk. We'll swing my arms. There's, it's that, that kind of weather where you deeply inhale. And I'm going to be a part of Red January. But before I go to do that, I need to know again where to go in order to sign up. So, very easy. Join.redjanuary.com. And when you go on there, you'll see... Uh, a screen that will say I'm joining from Canada, go join as a team or as an individual. It's, uh, it takes less than a minute to sign up and register. Invite your friends, invite your family, invite your coworkers, inspire each other and get moving your way together and uh, share what you're doing. I'd love to know. It, it's, it's, I can't wait to see where this is going to go. Excellent. Canada's director, Red January, Janet Olmstead, thank you so much. I think you've got a lot of people on their toes right now, ready to march to the beat of the drum of Red January. Thanks so much for joining us on the feed. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Yes, I'll be walking. <laughs> the start of the new year is also the time to review your fitness routine. Jim Lang with the latest exercise trends. It's 2024, the new year's here, and yeah, like a lot of people, I had too many Christmas holiday snacks and treats over the holiday break, and it's time to get back in shape, and thrilled to be joined by Brian Castillo, head trainer at Nine Round Kickboxing, Full Body Fitness in St. Clair in the Christie Bathurst area, Toronto, with over 20 years' experience, and he joins us on the feed today. Brian, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you for having me. This is the time of year where people start to look back and too much food and drink and snacks, and it's time to get back into it. But every year brings sort of new different ways of looking at fitness. For some of the listeners, Brian, what are some of the different fitness trends for 2024 that we should keep an eye out for? One thing that we need to see right now is that there's a big departure from the virtual. We spent a lot of time locked up by ourselves trying to work out at home, that people are missing that human connection and are looking for fitness studios and gyms where they can be part of a community and get back to their fitness. Well, I know you were a former bodybuilder and there's famous videos of Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day and having a, just that healthy competition with people around you, really, he talks about propelled him and I think it's it, it does inspire you a little bit to see other people around you getting at it. 100%. Now, the, the, the problem that we have as individuals is that we tend to go easy on ourselves given the opportunity. When we're in a fitness community surrounded by people like us or, or, or trainers who are there to actually help you move forward, you tend to get those results a little bit faster and a little bit more defined than you would have by yourself. And is that a case of just because you think you read something on the internet or saw a YouTube video, it doesn't mean you really know what you're doing. The worst thing about the gym is that, or, or regular conventional gyms, is that dumbbells or don't have instructions on them. So you can <laughs> right. walk into a gym and you can be there for months and, and, and years and who knows if you're doing the proper exercises that you need for the results you're looking for. When you look into a, a, a community or a fitness trainer or a studio where you have that guidance, that person that spent their life kind of dedicating themselves to that expertise to help you along the way, you're more likely to get where you want to be sooner. And Brian, I, something I, I read about a lot, and I, especially someone with your depth of knowledge as a trainer and a fitness, it's it's managing those expectations when you're sort of uh, building up at the beginning of the year and trying to peak maybe at summertime before a winter vacation. You're not going to look like Zach Efron in two weeks. It'll take time. You know, that's funny you say that because often what happens is there's, there's multiple trends I see throughout the year. The, the, the New Year's resolution people and the summer body people. The summer body people come to me in May when the hot weather comes in. But if you want to be that person with that summer body, it doesn't just take dedication. Oh, sorry, it doesn't just take motivation. It takes dedication. Mm. The people who start working out now will continue working out throughout the spring will be the ones that get those results. Uh, motivation gets you started, but dedication coming in consistently, that will get you the results. If you want that summer body, you got to start now. Just because you make little gains, it's okay. You don't have to make massive gains if you're a man or a woman in training. Every little bit helps. Time is your friend. It is not a sprint. It is a marathon, and you need to understand that results come with time. The condition or the weight or whatever you have that's ailing you took time 
to exist and manifest itself. It will take time to repair and reverse. And you know what? Day one, day one is hard, okay? But day 100, that's a habit and that's sustainable. Speaking with Brian Castillo, the head trainer at Nine Round Kickboxing Full Body Fitness in the St. Clair Bathurst Christie area, Toronto, former bodybuilder and 20 years plus experience as a trainer. And and I'm a big believer in trying different things in your fitness routine. And that's the one thing I do like a whole concept of the Nine Round Kickboxing Full Body Fitness. It's 30 minutes out of your day. It's something different. And it's almost shocking your body to to growth and development because it is so different than what we usually think of as fitness. You're 100% right. Now, the beautiful part about that, that, that there right there is you focus in on those dedicated 30 minutes. Sometimes we might be at the gym for an hour or two hours, but between machines and texting and this and that and the other, we might only get 30 to 45 minutes of a workout in. But when you're here at nine round, you get your time back. You're in and out in 30 minutes with a dedicated trainer. We will design the workout for you. We will put you through it. We will push you. We will motivate you. And most of all, we will keep you safe to make sure that you can keep on coming back for more. Okay, so this is the beautiful part. Now, you also have to like it to do it. So I always recommend people try different things because if you don't like it, you will not do it, and that is going to be the biggest waste of your time. You have to like it to do it. Try different things. Find what you like and stick to it. Now, who better to ask than you? There's been so much written about this, about people videotaping themselves in the gym, and that's this sort of obsession with doing that and telling people, no, you can't work out there and videotaping myself as a trainer, someone dedicated to fitness. For the listeners, just talk about how much of a challenge it is sometimes that people are not focusing on fitness. They're focusing too much on with their iPhone. Listen, the crazy stuff I've seen at gyms is people set up their camera, you know, take longer to set up their camera and their angle than it actually exercises. You know, <laughs> I, I, this is something I've, I've definitely seen. I've seen a lot of gyms that have on the wall, you know, posting no really recording allowed, but yet repost people's stories. You know, the beautiful part about boxing is that with boxing gloves, it's very hard to take a selfie. It's <laughs> right. very hard to text. It's very hard to hold a phone with boxing gloves on. So you can guarantee those dedicated 30 minutes while you're working out. Hey, if you want to take a selfie sweaty afterwards, by all means, but the whole videotaping yourself while you're working out is very hard with boxing gloves. You know, they, they always hear often stories, Brian, about a, a woman post-menopause, her body's changed. Does her fitness change? Does she have to change how she looks at fitness, or can she do maybe something she did when she was in her 30s? You've been doing something for your whole life. It doesn't matter what stage in life you're at, you can continue to do it. And the older we get, men, women, doesn't matter, our bone density and our, our range of motion tends to change. So movement in any degree or fashion, any resistance training, no matter how old you are, will actually benefit you. And some of my best clients are what I call my mature clients, the ones that understand where they're at and want something better versus some of my younger clients that take advantage of that power of youth. But my older clients and more mature clients, they're the ones who appreciate their fitness and rather have the best couple last decades of their life, better have, where they have, a, have the best experience of their life and not take it for granted like we did when we were younger. Use it or lose it. Use it now or lose it later. I love it. Brian, um, a last for me, is it okay to have a cheat meal during your fitness journey? 100%, okay? If it's not sustainable, you will not do it. And our body is actually designed to work against us. Now, I'm going to keep it very brief. If you look up uh, the, the hormone leptin, leptin is a hormone that we build up when we tend to deprive ourselves too much of heavy calories. and actually works against us. It makes our body think that we're in starvation mode. And anything that you eat will be stored as fat. So, yes, you do need a, a, a type of diet that allows allows you that cheat meal from time to time to reset your hormones and allow you to continue to lose that weight. Any diet that is overly restrictive, in my opinion, and what I've seen in the past 20 years, will not work. You have to have a little bit of fun every now and then. I love it. Brian, I, I can't thank you enough for so much great insight to fitness for 2024. How can people get a hold of you if they want to be part of what you do? You know what? Go online, 9round.ca, 9round, singular, .ca. Look us up. Hopefully, we're the closest location to you. We have a couple locations left in Ontario. We are in Midtown at St. Clair and Christie. Come on in for your free trial workout. We will get you going this year. We will get you where you want to be. Brian, thanks for making us healthier for 2024. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you, Jen. Thank you so much. Coming up, lifestyle changes to increase personal productivity. That story after the break on The Feed. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. Ann Romer and more of the feed after the break. This is 1059 The Region. Welcome back to The Feed. I'm Ann Romer. This is the time of year when many initiate lifestyle changes. Shaliza Backus with tips to make them stick. 
New year, new me. Is that still a thing we say in 2024? Either way, many of us are aiming to start the new year with intentions to better ourselves, especially when it comes to our lifestyle, routines, and health. Joining me now is productivity coach Claire Kumar. Welcome to the feed. Thank you so much, Shalita. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you on. Let's start off with resolutions. Do you think that they're helpful? Do I like resolutions? Not so much, though, because I think that there's a lot of sort of pressure and expectation potentially around this time, too. And honestly, I believe there's no bad day for actually making a better commitment or a commitment to to doing better for ourselves. So I think there's an opportunity for setting intention every day. Maybe we have an idea, but we haven't really thought through how to implement it. So resolution, okay, that's the spark of an idea. I'm more interested in people really fleshing out that intention. I always talk about work your pecs. P is planning, E is execution, and then C is calibration, adjusting and measuring how things go. So we need to figure out how we're going to execute. And then we can really, you know, slowly ease into something and figure out how we're going to do it and guide ourselves to success. Okay, so then how do we take that next step? What's the best way to go about it? Depends on what you're trying to change and how much of a, how much a significant change it is. I mean, the first step to any change is the decision that you want to make a change and you have to decide and commit to it. So the first step I think to check in on is your commitment. I have a whole actually A, B, C, D, E um, behavior change model. And this might be really important for someone who's got an idea, but they, or they've had the idea numerous years, but they've never done it. It's acknowledging the advantages that making the change will be. Let's just take, I mean, weight loss is one, um, or eating more healthfully, becoming stronger, improving our, our fitness and well-being is one that comes up for many, many people every year but we don't hold to it. I think deeply buying into the advantages that that will give us beyond maybe fitting in a pair of pants, um, but maybe it's I can lift my toddler up and, and catch them. And I think there is a lot of advantages that if we get really specific with them, we can then say, oh, I really have an intrinsic motivation now to really make that behavior happen. What you're trying to say is we just really need to be more specific rather than just saying, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go to the gym. I think we really need to implement those things really specifically. Yeah, you can't implement if you don't know exactly what you're going to do. What does that mean? You cannot buy potato chips because you have proven many times if you buy them and you think you will put them far enough away from you, you will not. Mm -hmm. So I have to recognize that potato chips are a big weakness for me. And I have to decide, okay, I'm going to indulge now and, and I'm going to buy them, but I have to not delude myself into thinking they'll be in the house and I will ignore them. Well, with that being said, I feel like, you know, eating right and going to the gym are a resolution for a lot of people. First of all, we know we got to get specific, but then how do we keep it going after, let's say, February hits? You know, you see the crowd start to die down at the gym a little bit once the middle of the year hits. So how do we keep ourselves motivated all year round and really, really implement those things to change our lives? Maybe I'll take us through the ABCDE of the behavior um, change model. Acknowledge the advantages. B, believe you're worth it. If there is any sense that you demote your well-being for others, believing that you, I'm talking to moms and dads out there who might be saying, oh, I'll exercise, but I've got to do this for the kids and I've got to do that. Finding a way to take care of yourself is a big priority means believing in yourself. C is constructing the environment around you to support you. That means making sure you have the healthy food choices in the fridge. It means letting your family know, having community support to say, yeah, I'm trying to make better choices. You all might want to eat the tub of ice cream after dinner, but I'm trying to make a different choice now. Please support me on that. So it's setting up for that success. D is defending the boundaries that you might have to put in play. This is connecting again to that value of the change and then playing defense and say, I have to protect this because I'm doing this in honor of myself. Therefore, I have to have some defense on the boundaries that I'm putting in place to make this happen. And then E is really tied to that first point again. It's really engaging so much in the value. So let's say you go to the gym right now and it's working in January. 
I want you to tune into how you feel so deeply after that workout that you're, you're really connecting to your body, mind, spirit and what you did for yourself. You can do that. I want you to tune back into that feeling when you're feeling any doubt and commitment to that behavior. So tapping in, it's, this is really to bring alive that intrinsic motivation that I'm doing this for me and I'm compelled to do it. I know with exercising for me and for people that I've coached, if you get to two weeks, your body is now feeling like, I want this movement. I want this, the stretching, the strengthening, whatever is happening for your body, your body is now starting to crave it. If you tune in before you lean into whatever you're going to do, listen to what you, uh, your body's telling you. Tune in and hone in on that commitment that you've made to yourself. And then that's going to help drive you forward. And then a friend of mine, she's so brilliant. She said, there's an F clear. It's when you fall off, you have to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and go right back though. Go right back to the A. And you know, I really appreciate you bringing that into it because I feel like we want to always look at the positive side of things and it's not always easy. We do fall off. And I think the most important thing is getting back up and continuing to try at it rather than giving up after we fall off. And life happens, right? So yesterday was one of the rare days I woke up, I hadn't slept well. And I thought, I don't feel, I don't feel like I usually start my day in the swimming pool. And I thought, I just don't feel like it this morning. I'm going to go for a walk because I do think that getting a daily dose of movement, we are not designed to sit all day. So if you're able to move, um, making that a non-negotiable is really important, but allowing some grace and gentleness with your spirit so that you can tune into that moment and say, oh, I didn't sleep well. Now I'm going to prioritize rest. I know after years of making this non-negotiable, sleep is non-negotiable, daily movement is non-negotiable, eating healthfully the majority of the time is non-negotiable. Having good social connection, having good light. There are things in my life, I call them personal policies. They become something that then, I mean, you can always refine and tweak and, and improve things. So I'm always looking for what, what I can do to make things a little better. But there are so many things fundamentally in my life that have become non-negotiables, have become the way I do things. And I think then we almost don't need resolutions. We just need these small micro changes that are saying, what, what might make that feel better for me? And maybe this is one tip I want to say to make this feel a whole lot better is if you're thinking about how do I move and it's feeling like a chore, well, how can you turn it into something that's going to be fun? Is it dancing while you clean, for example. It's anchoring into the joy, the specificity and the small moments. Therein lies beauty, especially when you're doing something to take care of and honor yourself. I love that. Such great advice. I definitely think we're starting the year off on a high note, Claire. And if our listeners want to get in touch with you, make use of all of the amazing resources that you've created, how can we do that? Thank you. Check out clairekumar.com. Now I'll help you out because Claire has no eye. I joke, I have no third eye. And Kumar <laughs> is Harold Kumar. So clairekumar.com, you can go there. And if you look for the workstyle profile, that's a free tool everyone can take. You'll find that under Happy Space. Happy Space is my podcast and everything free to do with productivity and inclusivity is under Happy Space. Try that. That might give you some enlightening questions to be like, oh my gosh, these are my design parameters. What am I going to do with those? I love that. And social media pages? Oh, at Claire Kumar. Very simple. Claire Kumar, thank you so much. Happy New Year. And hopefully we can connect again and check in with how everyone's progress is. I'd love to. Absolutely. Happy New Year to you too. If you missed any part of the feed, please go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Ann Romer. Thank you so much for listening.